0: Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Hey, everybody. You can come back, find your seats, you and get started. As you're coming back, I want to ask you a question for you to start thinking about is, have you ever felt crazy? Have you ever felt crazy? I'm not talking about like, uh, like things are just unbelievable, but have you ever felt Slightly mentally deranged. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt crazy? Pastor Trav was doing a, a series called Crazy, and that's definition number three, crazy. It's kind of like a, it actually, in the, in the dictionary, it actually calls it North American. Um, people in Canada, United States, Mexico's included, I guess, they use the word crazy to describe unbelievable and that's, that's number three. That's number three definition. Number one definition of the word crazy is this. This is, this is what the dictionary defines it as. It's an adjective, and it means mentally deranged, especially as manifested in a wild or aggressive way. For example, Stella went crazy and assaulted a visitor. I don't know if, that, if that's a good place to start in a church, where there could be visitors this morning. The good thing is we don't have anyone named Stella attending here so far as I know. So it's not so bad. means extremely annoyed or angry. You have felt this way. I'm sure of it. In your life at some point you've felt extremely annoyed or angry. Um, For example, the noise they made was driving me crazy. Any of you with children know exactly what this is talking about. Foolish. For example, it was crazy to hope that good might come out of this mess. There's a good chance you felt foolish before. And the origin of the word is is 16th century Old English. And it comes from the word craze. I don't know how they pronounced it in the 16th century. But the word means being full of cracks. That's what the word crazy means being full of cracks and as i as i think about these descriptions of being mentally deranged and assaulting a visitor i don't feel like i felt that way before but i suppose that's true in hockey i have i have physically attacked someone in hockey before that has happened so i guess i was crazy at that point in time extremely annoyed or angry i felt that way foolish i've definitely felt that way And full of cracks, my mind has definitely felt full of cracks at times. At times, that's exactly, that's a great way to describe it. That's how my mind has felt. The other way I've described it to close friends when I'm telling them I'm not doing so well is that I feel like my mind is slowly closing in on itself. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but you feel like the walls are coming in and closing you in, and you're becoming more and more um concerned about how your mind is getting squeezed and how you feel like you're stuck and you can't can't go any further that 's the definition of crazy um, the apostle paul um, if you read his writings you'll see that he actually seems fairly crazy and uh, and maybe you identify with that with in fact, if you read his earlier writings he 's more crazy and towards the end he actually did a a fairly good job of getting control of his thoughts. Um, but in the early writings, he, he, says something, he says things like this. He says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. Did I say that twice? You know what I'm saying. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way that you're continually doing something you don't want to do? That is, uh, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, It's maybe foolish, it's maybe mentally deranged, but we have this same struggle in humanity. All of us have that struggle. And then later on he says, who can deliver me from this body of death? And maybe you felt that way before because you feel like you have a plan for yourself and you want to move yourself in a certain direction, but in spite of everything you do to try to fix yourself and to try to corral yourself, you continue to do things that are contrary to what you want to do. It seems like you're crazy. It seems like you're going crazy. And then towards the end of his, his life, he was really mastering his thinking. He battled, he wrestled, he struggled, he warred. And the truth is, is that he won. And whether or not he won here, he eventually won because he was perf- he's going to be perfected one day. And even in prison, he mastered his thoughts. Even while he was in chains and shackles, he had the right perspective. And I often use that when someone's having a rough time. I'm like, you know what, like, Apostle Paul, he was in chains, and he could still praise the Lord, so you might feel like you're in chains, but you can can still praise the Lord, and that's encouraging to me, and it gives me hope because if he was able to overcome it, then I really feel like there's a good chance that I'm able to overcome it. Um, His story is a lot like my story. His story is a lot like your story, and I think that gives us hope for the crazy feelings that we have in our minds at certain points. So the title of today's message, and you can put up the slide, it's, it's, Where's the battle? Where is the battle? So the the Bible talks about a battle, okay? And oftentimes, we know, I mean, us as Christians, if we've been raised in the church, or even if we're a new believer, you've probably heard about this fact that there is a battle continually going on. And that's, that's good to know. It's good to know that there is a battle going on, but the specific question I wanna focus on today is where is that battle? Because if there's a battle happening and it's over in this field and you're off in that field, there's a good chance that you're not really warring. There's a good chance that you're not fighting the battle, that you're not winning the battle. But I'll tell you what, even if you're not uh, on that battlefield, even if you're not going after the enemy, he's definitely going after you. So it's good for us to know where that battle is happening. Um, is it is it in the body? Is it in the mind? Is it in the soul? Uh, is it... Is it on the earth or is it in heavenly places? And so as we talk about bodies, I I definitely believe that there is a battle that goes on inside of our bodies and afflictions that come against us and the fact that things don't work the way that they were intended to. And I feel like if if sin hadn't come in the world, there's a good chance that those afflictions would not have come against us. In fact, I'm positive that they wouldn't have. Um, So there is definitely a battle, but I don't think that's the battle that I want to talk about today. And make no mistake that there is a battle for your soul. But it's not necessarily going on in your soul. The battle is definitely for your soul. That's the whole reason that there is a war going on of what's gonna happen to your soul. But the place that the battle uh, takes place the, the where the battle takes place is most definitely in our minds. That's where the battle takes place. Can you identify with that? There's a there's a battle going on in your mind constantly. And there's there's a, it's funny because as we as i as i counseled young people in the past and as i counsel my own kids i start to realize that they actually are not quite aware of the fact that the thoughts that are in their mind are not all their thoughts that the thoughts that are in their mind did not just just uh, come up from outside inside of them and bubble up and those are their own thoughts there's a lot of different thoughts going on and it takes a while before you can before you can determine which one is yours and which one is is the lord's and which one the enemy's firing arrows in there to get you thinking about things that that you shouldn't and things that cause you to be to lose your focus and i I think that it's something that we actually have to be diligent to train ourselves i I hear lots of people saying that they can't hear the voice of the lord but i I guarantee you he's talking to you he's always talking to you but sometimes it's we we just need to determine how we can get ourselves uh, how we can get our mind quieted down how we can get all those other voices to quiet down so we can hear his his still voice I want to read for you of 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, starting in verse 3. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight, are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power and I just want to pause on that word uh, pastor has talked about the word power multiple times so if you've been if you've had the opportunity to hear some of his messages you've probably heard the word dunamis before there's uh, there was actually once a band I remember that had the name dunamis and it was kind of cool because the definition of dunamis was on the back of the shirt so I happen to be familiar with that word even when I was a teenager so dunamis means, uh, it, it's actually where the same place we get the word dynamite from, it's, it's talking about explosive power. So on the contrary, they have divine power. So the weapons we fight are not the weapons in the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. To demolish strongholds. And this is another word that I want I to pause on for a second. This word is a Greek word that is akamora. Akamora? Akamora, something like that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter in this context, does it? It's Akramora. Okay, and it means uh, fortress. So, okay, stronghold, fortress. It's like, okay, we're understanding that that it's a place. But um, I I was reading through uh, some text about this specific verse, and it said that it can be defined as a prisoner locked by deception, the type of fortress that is not a good one. A prisoner who is locked by deception, not locked in shackles, not a locked door, but a prisoner who is locked in a fortress, and the lock is deception and deception just simply means lie. So what does our enemy do? He builds a prison, one rock at a time, he shapes your thinking one lie at a time. The enemy's wise he he knows how to get you. It's just the way it is he He's been studying humans for. Thousands of years, he knows exactly what works and exactly what doesn't, and uh, and he's building you a prison. That's that's what his job is. That's or that's what his, he feels like his purpose is is to build you a prison, and uh, and he does it one lie at a time. He wants to to build a fortress for you that is uh, that is a fortress that is a prison that is based on deception. One lie at a time. You can't trust. You won't succeed. You're you're always broke. You're never going to amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. You can't let others around you know your struggles. The, if they find out who you really are, they're going to reject you. And so, so what should we do about this? Well, it continue, the, this, this passage continues in verse 5. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets, up, uh, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How? How? And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So some of you might know what this means because you've lived it. But some of you, or likely a lot of you, don't actually know what this means, how to how to take a thought captive. And I feel like I've been working at it for a long time of how to do that. I often forget that I should be doing that. But in the case of my uh, children or, or youth that have counseled that we talk about taking thoughts captive, it's it's kind of... It's kind of a difficult concept to allow people to grasp because I don't know. Have you ever tried to not think about something? Like, doesn't it make you want to just like think about it more? Like the thing that you're trying not to think about, you keep thinking about because you're you're thinking about not thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like that, it's, it's, like a, it's like the thought, just somehow you need to get it out, and it's not like it's a song in your head, because you can play the song and it goes away. It's a thought that you just can't seem to get out of your head. And so we need to find a way to stop that. And, and the, the, the Word of God calls it taking captive the thought. And here's what I think taking captive actually means. I'm just going to break it down to three simple points. It, it means to recognize the thought... So, I am having this thought. Okay, so, that, you know, you have your conversation with yourself. There is a thought that's rattling around in my mind, so I'm going to recognize it. And then the second thing is to capture the thought. And so, what I actually think that means is you're going to focus on that thought. You're actually going to intentionally put your mind on that thought, which is kind of seems counterintuitive because I understand that we're trying not to think the thought. But then the last... The last uh, step, I think, is to make it obedient to Christ. So I, I think what is important for us to do is to grab that thought, to put it here, and to put Christ in front of us, and we need to compare that thought to what Christ says. And in that light, I think it's going to be a lot easier for us to determine, where did that thought come from, and what am I going to do about that thought? For example, for me, uh, I've had, um, I would say, a lifelong struggle with anxiety, and uh and it's it is what it is. I just I need to deal with it. It's not my anxiety. It's 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 sin But it's sin that lives within me uh, It's so that means it's something that I can escort out the door and say it's time for you to leave And it might sneak back in because like I said the the, the enemy a liar He's a deceiver and he might find a way to to open the door a crack and let anxiety back in again but anxiety has been something that I've had to deal with for a number of years um, and, it, and like I said, it is what it is and it doesn't really, it doesn't really necessarily make me mad, it's just something that I need to, to deal with and I need to deal with properly. But I'll tell you what's starting to tick me off is the fact that anxiety, the spirit of anxiety is coming on my kids. Um, I'm seeing a heritage of anxiety in my family. My dad struggles with anxiety, so do I, and and my kids, who often seem quite resilient when they're in the right or in the wrong situations, maybe or in a specific situation, all of a sudden the spirit rises up inside of them, and it it really ticks me off. Like that's it's those are my kids. That's I I'm 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 to lead them. I'm to guard them and I'm realizing that maybe even I'm feeling kind of responsible, like I've passed this on to them, which is is not true. But there is a spiritual heritage, that, and they live in the same house as me, and they they deal with a lot of things that I deal with. So um, I've, I've actually been, in recent months, I've been able to start to uh, just remind or start to teach them and even remind them of things I've taught them before about how to deal with the spirit of anxiety. And it's no different... It, well, it falls in, the, in, in this, over, uh, this, this category of what we do with our thoughts and how, we take, how, we, uh, how do we deal with them. And so the first thing, like I said, was to recognize it. For, so, for example, in anxiety, I'm worried for no good reason. Maybe you felt like that before. I am worrying. There may be a reason. It's not a good reason, so I'm worried for no good reason. Second, to capture it, this thought pattern needs to be stopped. Uh, it's not doing good things for me it's making my whole heart palpitate faster than it should it's making my palms sweaty it's making me stutter it's making me uh, it's making me retreat from relationship so it needs to be stopped and then the third thing making it obedient making obedient God gives me peace amen God gives me peace I don't need to be worried about for no good reason I mean it's one thing to be worried for something that's uh, that, that is a good reason. It's not good. It's still sin but It's another to be worried about something that doesn't even exist or a fabricated thing in your head um, God gives me peace Philippians 4 6 to 7 says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything When you're worrying if you start praying those worries just, they just can't like one voice is gonna be louder than the and then the other, if you start having a conversation with God, the worry can't be there. Or if it's there, you're not listening to it anymore. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. My dad gave me a tool when I was, when I was younger that no matter if you're having a bad attitude, if you're worrying, basically if anything bad in your life is happening, just start counting your blessings. Start thanks, thanks uh, in a spirit of thanksgiving, thanking the Lord for all the things he's done for you. And it's just really weird, but it's not fun. But at first but it doesn't take long before this thing that's on top of you will start to lift off as you thank him for all of those things it's like i don't know what it is it's just like this it's just it's just this thing that happens it just causes you to, to change your focus tell god what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus here's the thing the life that you have is a reflection of what you think. If you change your thoughts, you change your direction. And if you change your thinking, you'll you'll change your life. I'm going to I'm just going to say that one more time. The life that you have is a reflection of what you think. If you change your thoughts, you change your direction. You change your thinking and you change your life. Proverbs 23:7 Uh, says it this way it says for as he's for as a man thinks in his heart so is he Uh, the power of positive thinking is something that has been um, taken by the world and and kind of made um, made their own but the truth is that that came from god that the positive the positive thinking would change your life It, it says that as a man thinks so is he if you change your thinking you will change your life it's simple maybe it's not easy but it is simple. If you want your life to change, you need to change your thinking. Maybe the reason your life is stuck in the same rut is because you're thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, and it's not the right thing. Maybe it's something that is causing you to be to stay where you are. It is the thing that is causing you to stay where you are. That is what it is. So if you've been looking for that answer, that's what it is. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you dwell on problems, they will more than likely overwhelm you. And if you feel like a victim, you will become one, even if you weren't one before. Just to sum up what I've said in those few sentences before, it's, it's this, it's that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of of your strongest thoughts. Um, you ever, for those of you who are believers, you ever lived in a time of your life where you were in quote-unquote revival? Talk about revival like it's something that a group of people does, but you can have personal revival. Have you ever been there? And if you've ever been there were you able to stay there? And if you were able to stay there, how long were you able to stay there? I once was talking with a friend who said, I'm living in revival, and I'm confident that if I just continue moving down this path, I I won't fall, I won't fall out of it. I'll stay in revival for the rest of my life. And I don't mean, I didn't mean to be critical or uh, or pessimistic, but I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that's the way it's going to work, because the way I see it is that the Lord is always leading us from glory to glory. And, and if, there's, if there's glory here, and then there's glory here, and he's leading us between, there's something in between. And I, I just see it like mountaintops and valleys. And I kind of feel like that's the ebb and flow of how we are as people. But the truth is, is that, that Jesus, I think, went from glory to glory. And I think he had low times and high times. But he never sinned once. And so somehow when he was on the mountaintops and somehow he was in the valleys, I think that his spirit was communing with God. I think that basically he was doing constantly what we might say, quote unquote, was revival in his spirit. His spirit was constantly revived. And so, um, so that, that statement that that friend made to me, I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I don't think it's necessarily not true. I think it's not not true. You know what I mean? I think that it is true. I think that if we keep our thoughts in the right place, that our, the direction of our life will continue on a path that is on a trajectory to Jesus. It will always be in that, in wherever, wherever your mind is, wherever your focus is, that's where you're heading. And you can always be heading towards Jesus. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. So, where's the battle? Where's the where's the battle? I really want these three words to stick in your head. Where is the battle? Whenever you're coming up against something, I want you to think, where is it happening? And the battle is happening in the mind. And who is the battle between? The Bible says that the battle is not between uh, flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So, um, that, that battle is not happening between me and my wife it's not happening between me and my co-worker It's not happening between me and my friend or me and a family member the battle is 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 powers and principalities It means God between God's truth to you and Satan's lies about you Between God's truth to you and Satan's lies about you. It's a war between God's truth and the enemy's deception Remember that the enemy is, is building a fortress for us. It's a it's a prison prison that's made of deception I want you to take a moment, in the, even just right now, and I want you to think about the last week in your life. From, from when you left here on Sunday, if you were here, or wherever you were on Sunday, until this point. And I just want you to think about how your week went. And I want you to think about where your thoughts were. You probably thought literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of thoughts. I don't know, maybe millions if, if you're a teenage girl. But there, there's like, you've had a ton of thoughts from then until now. And I want you to think about what you think about. And it's going to be difficult for you to think about all of the things you thought about, but it shouldn't be that difficult for you to think about what you thought about the most. Think about what you think about. Um, So as you audit last week, were were you worried versus peaceful? If you were worried, um, like, what are people going to think? How are my children doing? Are they doing okay? What can I do for them? What's my future look like? How's my bank account look? How's my job looking? How's my health looking? I'm, I'm worrying about these specific things. Or was it peaceful? I'm securing God's promises. Um, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to trust in him. And I, I'm going to be full of peace. Is that how your week looked? Was it worried or was it peaceful? Was it negative versus positive? Uh, if you're if you're negative, you you might be a critical person by nature. But maybe you're being hypercritical. Um Maybe you're finding faults. Maybe you're being discontented. Maybe your heart is hard. Maybe you're busying yourself unnecessarily. Uh, Or was it positive? Uh, Do you believe the best in people? Do you believe that life actually is good? Do you believe with an optimistic outlook that that there is a future for you that the Lord has for you that he's laid out in front of you? Was it was your week worldly versus eternal? Worldly, with your mind consumed with this life here, where you are on this earth, your material possessions—you know, all of the things that come with that—is uh, all my stuff working? Is my engine blown? Are my brakes grinding? Um, is my is my house in good repair? Uh, and then, specifically, relationships: Am I like it, um, in the right um, layer of society that I want to be? Am I high enough in society, or would I like to achieve more? And then. Maybe it's more eternal though. Um, Okay, God gave me a set of gifts and his great commission, the whole reason I'm on the earth is to reach people. And so my job is actually where I go to be able to bring the good news to people who who greatly need it. My calling is to just live my life in the circles that I have, spreading the good news about who he is and living the life that that, uh, causes people to wonder what's different about you. Or maybe not. You look the same as everyone else. The people who don't know Jesus, they don't see a difference. Was your week worldly or was it eternal? Think about it. Think about what you think about. Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And what comes into your mind comes out in your life. If you hit your thumb with a hammer, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever surprised yourself with what came out of your mouth when something went wrong for you? I actually know that, I'm, that there's, a, there's a problem for me if I hurt myself, and I swear. And oftentimes I don't, but once in a while I do, and I'm like, well, that's a reminder that apparently I'm not putting enough good stuff in. There's too much bad stuff going in, because when something goes wrong, something bad just came out, and it'll just actually surprise me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. If you have teenagers, you know that you very much need to guide them in what is going into their mind because you'll actually be able to tell parents of what is going in based on what is coming out. And if all of a sudden something weird is coming out that hasn't before, you need to look at what's going in. Something has changed. If you think critical thoughts, you'll have a critical spirit. If you believe this day in, ahead of you on Monday morning is going to be hard, then you are likely right. That is the way the day will go for you. Um, if you can't trust people because you've been hurt, then you're stuck in a, in a quandary. You're stuck in a, in a catch-22 because you can't trust so you don't get close, and you don't get close so you can't trust, and you can't trust so you don't get close, and you just you can't get out of it. Are you, are you full of faith? Are you positive no matter what happens? You see the good. You see that God is in it. Uh, you believe that you can make a difference? Likely, you will. If you believe that Jesus and me is enough and I can go make a difference in the world, then you, then you will. That is, that is what will happen. If you generally trust people, if you believe the best of people, um, if you'll, you'll have friends. You'll have close relationships because you're willing to put yourself out there. I mean, there is a risk you're going to get hurt, but you're never going to have a close relationship unless unless you choose to trust before there's a reason or a history that proves that that person is trustworthy. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Again, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. There's a battle, and it's in your mind. and. The, the, uh, just a question I want to ask you is, are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about where your life is going? It's, it's a simple yes or no question. If it's yes, well, good for you. But for, the most, of, for most of us, it's probably like, well, not really. Like, I, I feel like it could go a little bit differently. Change your thinking. Change your life. It's a, I'm going to give you a two-step process. I find that three steps are just too much. One is good. This one, I think, requires two. So you're gonna have to keep up with me for two steps, okay? Step number one, identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. When I ask you to audit your week, um, or I'll even give that to you as homework for this week, audit your week and identify what the number one stronghold that is holding you back. Again, what is a stronghold? The stronghold is a prisoner locked by a deception, locked by lies. And what is that lie? What is the enemy using to keep you from living the life that God has for you? Between you, where you are, and the life that the Lord has for you, um, the, the plans that he has to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future, what's standing between you and that? What is that lie? What is the enemy using to keep you from living that life? Maybe you're ne- you feel like you're never good enough. My past is too bad. I can't trust. I'm never going to get ahead. I can't seem to get close to God. Uh, I don't like my job, and I feel like I'm stuck. I can't get out of it. I'm never going to have a job that I love. I have too much to do, or my marriage is just unfixable. I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. Um, Science has proven that thoughts actually change the chemical makeup of our brain. It's a neurochemical change, and something that you've probably heard about either coming up through uh, junior high school or even just reading stuff. There's all kinds of stuff out there. It's not all true, but... There's all kinds of uh, brain science that's put out there, and and positive th- thoughts. It's proven that that is when your your brain releases dopamine. It's it's uh, it's what it's like a rewarding drug. It's a uh, it's it, it ends up affecting your euphoria neurotransmitters. So it is a high that is legal. I know we have more highs that are legal now. But this is a high that is legal, and it's actually something that your brain will, will kind of get addicted to. And I don't even know if that's necessarily a bad thing, as long as, as, long as you're getting dopamine from the right things. Um, it's a chemical buzz. And then negative thoughts. There's like, there's like a little bit of controversy about what actually causes this or like what the chemical is. But from what I could tell with five minutes of Googling, there's a chemical called dynorphine. And it is a chemical that when it goes across these neurotransmitters, it will give you, uh, like, the feeling of repulsion. So, for example, uh, I am a plumber, and I've seen things I cannot unsee. <laughs> and whenever I saw those things or smelled those things, I was, I was probably getting a shot of dinerphine. And that would cause me to be repulsed and be like, I don't really want to go back and do that again. It, it goes acro- when it goes across the neurotransmitters, it gives you a feeling of dysphoria. And uh, the more you think a thought, the more that you're actually reinforcing a neural pathway in your brain. And so there's billions of pathways, uh, like roads in your brain. And, uh, and as you continue to think those thoughts, you're going to start to pack down a path. Um, if you always think this is going to be a tough day, you're, you're reinforcing a path- pathway. If you think, I can't t- talk in front of people, my heart races, I stutter, I sweat, you're reinforcing a pathway in your brain. If you always battle, like, eating too much junk food and deep fried food, you're reinforcing a pathway, and you're also wearing a pathway in the line on the way to your fridge. It's true. My wife and I enjoy long romantic walks, right? And we even have a sign in our bedroom, maybe we should get rid of it, but it says, I enjoy long romantic walks to the refrigerator. And there's no one I would rather make that nine step walk with than my wife. But we're, we're, we're reinforcing a pathway every time we go there. Thoughts that you have the most are the most traveled paths of your mind. They must be intentional Otherwise, your, ma- your mind will take the easiest path. Our thoughts are lazy. The, the, they take the path of least resistance. The more you think a thought, the easier it is to, th- to think, continue to think that thought. In fact, if you've had a thought enough, that thought becomes a default thought in your brain. And there are some uh, mental instabilities in people these days that are created maybe maybe some of them are just chemical but i'm talking about ones patterns in your life that you actually have created or the enemy has has told you enough lies to continue to walk down a path and they create really what's a disorder in our brain it can be fixed but it's something that is a problem for you like like anxiety like i talked about that that is one of them your default thought is i i feel like everything's going way too good right now so i should probably be worried about something cuz something is going to sneak up behind me so that's just, just a, that's the pathway you usually take. Or maybe it's depression or, or like in, in more severe cases like OCD, you just, you, you have this pathway that you're constantly checking in. Is the door, are the doors locked? Are the doors locked? Are the doors locked? Yes, they're locked. Okay, it's locked and you walk away. It, I just feel like the door might have been unlocked. Paranoia, same thing. Just always thinking that there's something that's after you. Change your thinking and you create a new path for your brain. The more you walk the new path, the easier it becomes to travel. And the less you walk the old path, the more that it starts to grow over, and the the less easy it is for you to travel down it. Um, For example, if you have a problem with yelling at your kids, uh, when you get home from work, there's chaos, and when there's chaos, you yell That creates a pathway, and if it's something that you do over and over again, it's a well-traveled pathway. So that is your knee-jerk reaction to when there's chaos in the house, I yell. Maybe it doesn't work, but it's just the pathway I'm used to taking. And it's easier to yell the next time, and it's harder not to yell. So in that case, recognize the thinking. Recognize the thought, capture the thought, and make it obedient to to Christ. Start making a new path. Maybe instead of yelling, count to ten or to, or to 500 if that's what you need and whatever you need to get yourself calmed down say a prayer in the i i actually found for myself i used to have a problem where i didn't create a very good disconnect between my work and my home i just carried it home with me and so when I still have all of the troubles of work in my head and I get home and there's more troubles, it's quite overwhelming. So I needed to create a cut point. And, uh, and I actually had someone help me with this, with this tool of taking time, whether it's in your own driveway or even in a, in a place you can pull off between work and home, say a prayer, get your mind in the right space, change gears, and away you go. I know that a lot of men have a good, uh, their minds are built to be able to compartmentalize things. Mine is not built that way. Everything just bleeds into everything else. So I need to create a cut point for myself. Otherwise, I might not be a very ha- happy person when I get into the house. Make a new pathway. Old ones start to grow over. Um, for another example, if you're thinking, I am worthless. No one likes me. It's hopeless. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to recognize the thought that that is actually a thought that is not from God. I mean maybe it came from you but more than likely well that that lie at one point in time came from the pit of hell it didn't come from you and so to recognize that thought this isn't true and make it obedient to Christ I'm not going to continue to believe it anymore make a new pathway old ones start to grow over and the new ones start to get well traveled change your thinking change your life it's actually science and believe it or not science and God can coexist God actually created science this is this is his thing. Um, it's cause and effect, but it's part of the laws that he made. Romans twelve two says it this way do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Science calls it rewiring your brain, creating new neurological pathways in your brain. God calls it renewing your mind. They are the same thing. Renew your mind. Don't think like the world thinks, don't live like the world lives. Instead be transformed be changed. It's taking all of the same components, it's stripping it down and it's rebuilding it into something that's much better. That's what God does for us. He transforms us by the renewing of our mind. So this week, like I said, if if you already have it in your head, you got no homework. But if you don't, this week just just look at it. Identify the one stronghold that's call, that's holding you back. There might be one or two or three, but it's not probably more than 10. They're all the same they're all the same thought that just are um, unfolding in different ways. What's yours? Just one. Maybe I'm not lovable. I'm not worth it. Never be good enough because of my past. I, I don't deserve anything good. God can't use me. Um, I don't know enough. Uh, my life is stuck. I'm always depressed. I'm always broke. I'm, uh, I'm one of the have-nots, uh, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I'm worthless. I'm, my life is pointless. Identify the stronghold and name it. You can't defeat... What you can't define, you can't go over. You can't go after an enemy if you don't know what the enemy is. You can't. Uh, you can't defeat what you can't define. Uh, number two, name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. So first of all, identify the stronghold. Identify the deception. Identify the law, or the lie. And number two, name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. Um, you, if you struggle with something specific, there is a verse in the Bible. Probably a plethora of verses that that, um, talk, that speak to that issue. You need to, you need to get a new favorite Bible verse for the thing that ails you. You need to start to speak truth out for the thing that causes you problems. And there's, it's, it's really not that difficult to find one of them and to memorize it and to think on it. And if you're in a, in a place where you can do it without looking crazy, continue to quote it out loud. Or if you're not worried about that, then just go right ahead. Either way, identify the lie and the deception and then identify the truth that will set you free from living the life that God has for you. And then I just want to go back and read that text that I read for you at the very beginning um, because I think that it, it might ap- apply to your, to your mind in a different way. 2 Corinthians ten three to 5 it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the, war, as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They have explosive power to demolish strongholds, to demolish the enemy's lies, to to demolish his, his, the deception that he's placed up in front of you. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the only other thing that probably would be good to know is um, if there is a battle, and if we are going to be involved in some way, then what are our weapons? Well, um, if, if you in Sunday school got the uh, opportunity to learn about the armor of God, there is only one offensive weapon, and, and that's, his, that's the sword, and it represents his word. And God's word is truth, and the truth says, this is not from God, so I won't believe it. This isn't truth, so I won't embrace it. His word, reading his word, is actually offensive to the enemy. Speaking the the Lord's word out in a situation is is the only thing you really have to be able to go on the offense the Bible says that uh, we overcome the enemy by the the blood of the lamb Jesus sacrificed for it, and the word of our testimony and Obviously those are a couple of things that that maybe you can call tools But the truth is that that's all wrapped up in his word our testimony is wrapped up because in what what we what we heard what we believed and what we applied in our lives and all of that happens, oddly enough, through your mind. And I think your mind is, is, is going to pass away to some degree when you leave this earth, and your soul will remain. But the odd thing is, is that everything happens in the mind. It's like the mind is the gateway to your heart and to your soul. And there's a battle going on there, and it's really important that we're aware of that, and we know how to fight it. Um, so I'm choosing a different path. I'm, I'm, the old path is starting to grow over, and soon it won't be ri- recognizable. And soon I won't even know where it was, so I won't be able to travel it anymore. Um, I can't get it all done. I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm, I'm not a good mom. Oh, Christ is more than enough in me. I'm scared about the future. Worry not about tomorrow. Have faith in God. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Um, maybe you're feeling I'm not attractive enough I don't like what I see in the mirror in the mirror and the Lord says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made I want to talk to you just really briefly just a little bit more about my personal struggle because I, I just think it might a might apply to you in how you can see throughout your life there maybe has been something that the enemy has been deceiving you about even for years uh, as a kid I remember always thinking that I'm not good enough so I just got to try harder I just got. I just got to try harder. There, I'm, I know I'm not good enough, so I'm just gonna have to keep trying harder. And then as I as I moved into adulthood, it it, it seems like it changed, but it's really not. It's I think it's the same lie. It's that I can't be enough, so I got to work harder. And so like I just I just don't have. I just can't. I just can't be enough. So I just got to keep working harder. I just got. There's. I, if I work harder, I will get there. And then maybe I'll be enough. But I I can't. I'm not enough. So I just got to keep. Working harder, but working harder doesn't work. Have you have you noticed that in your life, where when there's an issue um, in your life that that you feel like if I just pour a whole bunch of time at this thing, this will fix it? And oddly enough, that often doesn't work. Um, and so. Working harder doesn't work. So then I start to look towards finding a place to blame because I'm like, well, certainly the problem can't be with me. So there's got to be something else. What can I blame for this? And it's like I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. And all those things really translate into the same thing. I'm just saying I don't have enough. And you know what stings about that truth in my life is that it is absolutely true. I am definitely not enough. I never have been enough. I probably never will be enough. In fact, I definitely won't ever be enough. And so the enemy has this little crack that he can get his hands into to start climbing or to start opening this cracking and, and causing there to be a lie that starts to grow. Causing there to be a deception that starts to turn into a fortress. Causing me to be a prisoner that is bound only by lies, only by deception. When I work for money, I, I don't have enough time, and then if I uh, press for more time, I don't have enough energy, and then it, all it ends up turning into is just borrowing one thing from another and just exchanging them, and no matter what, the, the equation never works. Never really get where I wanted to go. So what's the truth? What's the truth? To find what the truth is for myself that causes me to be able to to walk out of this prison because you can um, if a prison is built in deception, the truth is is that the truth will set you free if you're bound up in your life in a in a place and you can't seem to get out of it you're 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 living in a prison. You're living in a fortress, that, a prison that's, that's built on deception. Second Peter 1, 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. God has given me enough. He gave me the same amount as anyone else 525,600 minutes in a year, right? We all get the exact, is that right? Not bad, right? It was in there somewhere. We all have the exact same amount of time. The truth is we can exchange that for, for money, and maybe some of us make more than others, but we can exchange it for that. And we can use the time in certain ways that allow us to be able to expend a certain amount of energy in a day. God has given me enough time. He's given me enough patience. He gave me enough energy, he gives me enough wisdom, um, he gave me the people around me that I need, he gives me the resources. Luke 4 18 says, the spirit of the uh, of the Lord is, is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for, for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free. The worship band can start to, to come back up again. freedom for the for the prisoners. so Jesus said that he was on the earth to do, and he said that that we would do even greater things than than he did. and so my opinion is is whatever we saw Jesus do, that is what we should be doing, and um, he 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 came to give freedom to the prisoners to set the oppressed free. God says. To you today, if you are bound up in a fortress of deception, if in a prison of lies, today he says, Be free. For those of you that have made Jesus the, the the Lord of your life, honestly, you're just discounting what he did for you. As you continue to live in those lies, that is that's not why he came. He came so that you could have life and and life abundant, he wanted you to have life to the fullest. And if you believe that he came and he died and he took your sin and and he set you free, then why are you still living like you're a slave? Why, Why are you still under a yoke of slavery? God says, open the door and be free. It's not locked. You ever hear about um, Houdini getting locked in a box for, for I think he was in there for two hours and he was trying to pick the lock that was on his hands with, a, uh, with a, a small metal pin that he had hidden in his belt. And he was having a hard time getting the lock to click. And he had done it lots of times before. And so he knew exactly what to do and for some reason that distinct click that would happen when he put the pin in there and pushed hard enough and it would pop open was not happening. And the reason that that was is that the gentleman that had tied him up and or chained him up, I guess, and and put the lock on didn't engage the lock fully. So the lock looked like it was closed, but it wasn't. So the truth was is that the lock was already unlocked. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're having an issue with trying to get these chains off of you and you think that you're locked but the truth is it's deception you're deceived you are not enslaved you are not locked in the enemy has you tricked and you're living the life that the enemy would like you to live instead of the the life that the Lord would like you to live so where's the battle it's in your mind identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back and then name the truth that demolishes that stronghold nothing more powerful than the name of jesus amen and his truth is has enough power more than enough power to cause those lies to just fall it's like a, it's like a it's like you're surrounded in curtains and you could just walk right through it but when you speak the 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 when you speak the truth of the lord it's like those curtains fall and you realize that you were never really encircled the enemy had you duped would you stand this morning? And we're just going to close the service with one more song. And Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.